This is Matt Beckwith with the Winning with Beckwith podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide sales, business, and leadership information to help individuals in all walks of life. Each episode is unique, and we will bring some of the top leaders and business owners to the podcast to share what they have learned and are learning as well as myself. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome to this episode of Winning with Beckwith. It's really an honor to have one of my closest friends on today, also my pastor. Let's go. So, you know, you do it all, but Pastor Michael Brusicki. Come on. So I think the audience should know that I just learned to pronounce his name. How long have we been friends? We've been friends for like <laughs> years. I don't even know how many. And yes, I felt this moment. I'm like, you have to learn to pronounce my last name. Yeah. It's well, just well, in the last year. I didn't want to have you on the podcast until I learned it. So I just <laughs> I, I just learned this it. This is so. a big day. You're still growing. See? Yeah, I am. I yeah, am. It's amazing. So Pastor Michael, he, uh, just a little background about him. So he leads... A church, community church in Chesapeake, Virginia, formerly called Community Church, right. now called Alive Church. That's right, big change. Um, we have multiple campuses, the farthest one being in St. Louis. That's right. In the U.S., St. Louis, we do a little work in the Philippines also. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Chesapeake and Suffolk and St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, so a lot of traveling, but leads a really big organization um, that happens to be a church and you preach most Sundays. So I don't know how you pull all that off, but you, you seem to do it. Uh, but you're a great leader. Wanted to have him on because he's always so humble, um, always looking to be a better leader. And honestly, as a friend, you're a great friend to have because awesome. you always encourage me to be a better husband, right? And grow closer to God, which is always good to have people around that. This feels uh, emotional to me right now. So I, I don't know where you want to go. I'm like, I feel the same way about you. So. I wasn't planning on that. So <laughs> it just happened. But thank you for being a great friend and a, and a great pastor. And so Michael's originally from a small town called Sullivan, Missouri. Very small and town. And I think people should know that you graduated from the Harvard of Missouri. Yes. Yes. Sullivan, Missouri is amazing. But what about Harvard? The Harvard, the college you went to. I went to Missouri State. Which is the Harvard of Missouri. Of Missouri. Is that what we're yeah. calling it? Yeah. yeah, Missouri State. <laughs> Finance degree. So if pastoring doesn't work out, I'm, I'm looking for you <laughs> to still get that. I think it's been going pretty good for you uh, so far. Um, but it is interesting because before you got, um, before you became a pastor, um, you worked in the corporate world. I did. And so I think you were in a leadership position at Boeing. Is that I right? was. I was. I was a, a contracts lead. I was... I led negotiations with the Navy, and I had a team uh, that I led when I when, when I went left Boeing. There was a team that I yeah. led, and we were negotiating. <laughs> we were actually in Norfolk, traveled Oceana, so out in where we're out today. I was actually here for travel when I lived in St. Louis, and now I'm doing it the other way around for a different uh, organization. Used to get cussed out by the Navy people all the time, <laughs> uh, as I wouldn't give them enough profit, or I was asking for more profit. Yeah, I guess. the Navy so, tends to do that, you know. Yeah, I learned a lot. The, the language, the language is, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Also in the mortgage business, the language can be tough too. But um, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, Great to be I here. feel like we could keep talking about all all the stuff that God's led you to do. I did want to mention a couple of things. You wrote a book. I did called Flip the Script. Yes. And you also have a podcast. Yes. Called Flip the Script. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit, real quick, what's what that is and what what kind of God laid on your heart to write the book and then start the podcast. Well, I realized a few years ago, um, everything in my life was going awesome. So. <laughs> My church was growing fast, recognized by, by this magazine called Outreach Magazine that recognizes the fast-growing churches in America. And they're like, you know, you, you're doing great. People started to call me and ask me for advice, and I hated my life pretty much. I would come mm -hmm. home every day and just talk to my wife, Megan, about 
how hard everything was and realized that the thought process and the words coming out of my mouth were actually producing a different life than what was happening on the outside. Wow, that's good. So I began to get some, did some, <clears throat> some heart work, some soul work, some mind work and yeah. figured out like, I need to change the way I think because nothing matters on the outside if I don't think right. And so just conversations, our conversations, conversations with friends and people I lead, I've realized that so many people, you know, it doesn't matter what we see on the outside, their yeah. thoughts are going a totally different direction. And so it's just, it really is as simple as flipping the script. Like, you know, our life, we are writing nonstop. The thousands of words that go on yeah. uh, in our <clears throat> minds. And I'm like, let's learn to flip that. And everybody can do it. You can't have a positive life with a yeah. negative mind. And so I'm going... You know, obviously I'm a, I'm a pastor, so I have a mission when it comes to that, but also definitely feel like part of my purpose on earth is to help people flip the script because we're meant to live, man. We're meant to live fully alive, positive lives, and it really does start in our mind, and yeah, everybody, does, yeah. no matter what they do, can, can change that. So that was the idea. Wrote a little, like, 20-day 20, 20 devotional kind of kind yeah. of book to... It's, uh, it's, it's, what do you call that? It's like on anybody's level. So yeah. you know, sometimes people write these 400-page books, and I'm like... You can't do that. My wife's listening to a 16-hour book right now on wow. the mind. I'm like, I, I don't know I can devote 16 hours to one book. But, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, so flip the script. I, I don't usually plug things on the podcast, but today I'm just feeling like it. So Let's go. I feel um, so honored. Come yeah, on. I think if you if you haven't checked it out, it's a good devotional. And the podcast is really good. Again, I, I do believe in the business world, um, whether you're in any type of business or leading an organization, like getting your mind right is key. And, and we could have talked about that. We could have right. easily spent 30 minutes talking about that. Right. But one thing that I really wanted to focus on with you is leadership, some leadership principles. Love it. Raising up leaders, developing leaders, because I've just kind of taken a backseat, well, not a backseat, but a passenger seat, and watching you as you've led our church um, in developing leaders and, and growing leaders, which I think is amazing. And so I uh, wanted to touch base on leadership. So tell me, like, maybe some leadership principles that you've shared with your team in the past. It can be broad, it can be specific, or stuff that you're sharing today, like what's on your heart from a leadership perspective? Well, some of the biggest things that I've been thinking about as we rolled into 2022, so I'll start there, and you yeah. can redirect me how, how, yeah, you yeah. Want, how you want me to go. But I've been thinking about in leadership, you know, what are those things we can't delegate? And so this is what I've been talking to my to mm -hmm. to my team a lot about is what I've been talking to our our volunteer leadership team about. You know, we have I don't know three or four hundred volunteer leaders on top of the five hundred then volunteers. And so yeah. all of our leadership, I'm going. What are those things you can't delegate? The most important being you can't delegate leading yourself. Mm, and so good. so many times I'm like, do this for me, do that for me, which you should do, right? Because leaders are are making sure that we're getting other people in the game so we can focus on what we can only focus on. So number one. I'm like, you can't delegate leading yourself. You can't delegate your soul yeah. care. Uh, so I've been thinking about these things a whole lot in what are those things in life that you can't delegate. Now, outside of that, I think I swim in that world of going, if you want to lead well, you've got to make sure that you're serving and making the people around you better. Yeah. And I think coming at this from a corporate perspective, because I do have, I guess, about seven years in corporate America yeah. around a lot of guys like you. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we miss that, that no matter what industry you're in, if you wanna if you wanna lead well, one of the most important leadership principles is leaders make people better. Mm. And so it doesn't, you're not, as a leader. I think we could just wrap up. <laughs> uh. As a leader, but right, as a leader. I'm just joking, go ahead. As a leader, we'll start to think about like, yeah. I need to hire people to help me get my job done. Yeah. And so I know, certainly for me, because I'm, I am like so dependent on on, on volunteers. Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a staff, uh, paid staff also, but. I can't be like, I just need people to, to do this so I look good. It's like, yeah. 
No, I've got to know that everything I do invests and makes people better. And then eventually, right, that's going to then help me uh, be who I'm supposed to be and to be able to keep doing that. And so I think that's true for middle management. I think that's true for leaders that's of companies. Good. So, yeah. 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 Like I said, we could wrap up there. I mean, those are two great, really great points. Um, but I think it's important because we talk a lot about the podcast in previous episodes that as you're growing your business and you get to a point um, where it's not about you anymore right. individually. That's so good. Right. And so you go from a sole proprietor to Fortune 500 at some point, right? But it doesn't happen like that. And so getting leaders in your business, getting them and delegating, I think sometimes we can focus too much on the delegation piece. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about this earlier today is, is there are things we cannot delegate. And that's the main point I want everybody to remember is like, you have to figure out what you can delegate, what you can't delegate. And also there has to be checks and balances in there to make sure that that stuff's getting done the way you see it. And I know you have an eye for, for making sure things are done with excellence. Yeah. Um, but when you have that kind of eye as a leader, how do you how do you train people to see the same thing you do? And I, I know they're not going to be the exact same thing, but how do you get them there? Ask me that question again. I'll try to go there. But I just had this thought yeah, that yeah. I want to tap back go into ahead, you yeah, as yeah. a leader. because, And I don't remember who where I first learned this, so this isn't original with me, this statement. But I think one of the most important leadership things that I've bought into is I've had to answer this question. Do I want my name on everything or do I want my fingerprints on everything? Mm. Wow. And good. so for me, I'm and in my in my world, people are like Michael Brusicki Ministries. I'm like, I don't I'm not trying to have Michael Brusicki Ministries. What I want to have is that I know my abilities, my just my DNA literally yeah. of how to shape and shift people and leaders and build business and build organization. It's like I know that I got to be a part of that. I know that it's a touch that it's expanding. And so yeah. I think that's a big part of fingerprints versus name. That's how we know we're developing the way we're supposed to. Now, yeah. what did you ask me? I don't remember. I'm sure it was so good. <laughs> You were asking me about excellence. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things for me is consistently coaching. Yeah. Right? Leaders are always coaching. And so I notice every detail. So part of my reality as a leader is I kind of live at like, what do they say, 30,000 feet, but I'm also down at 100 feet. And, yeah. and not, I'm not in between a lot. I'm really in those two areas a lot. It's kind of uh, where I live from. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is I'm taking what I think we would call a middle management. I don't, I guess that's the best term. I'm taking those, those, those men and women in my organization and I'm going, what do you see right here? And then you let them answer. And then I tell them what I see right there. And so just this consistent practice through the years has been the best way I've known to develop people in seeing the things you see as a leader. Yeah. Because what I know, it's kind of like parenting is I can tell my kids, exactly like parenting. I can tell my kids to do it, but until I like yeah. walk with them through the demonstration of it, they don't get it. And it's the same way with leading. You can't train people to just see what you see yeah. until you're actually walking with them to see what you see. Yeah, that's a great point. And when it comes to parenting, another good analogy with that is how many times do you have to tell your kids to do something before they start doing it right? Yeah. Right. And I hate to, to treat leaders in our organizations or, or compare them to kids because they're not kids, right? Right. But it is the same principle of the follow-up and being able to consistently coach is what you said, is continue the follow-up, continue to talk about it, which I think is key. I, let, I mean, we can redeem the parent and employee point real quick. Yeah. Because I know some, you know, some of you are watching today, and maybe you're aspiring yeah. to to run a company or to, to to grow in leadership. The thing we have to remember is, as as executive leaders, yeah, just like the way we are as parents, is our kids. People say this like your kids have a mind of their own. We all have a mind of our own. That's true. So we don't know what they're thinking about. We yeah. don't know what. So that's actually, I mean, the reason my kids. 
don't see trash and walk by trash <laughs> is because they're not thinking about making sure our house looks good. Yeah. Like that's not where their thought process is ever. Well, our, our team members, a lot of times, they're not thinking about the exact same things we Gosh, are. That's so good. And so that's why they're like that. So that yeah. helps us not be frustrated as leaders. Yeah. And I think more just give grace and be like, okay, let's, let's coach yeah. and teach of why these are things we would notice. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And so, um, again, I think what Michael was saying there is we're not always going to see, or, or I'm sorry, our leaders aren't going to always see the things we see and just making sure you understand where they're coming from. Right. And I like when you said, hey, I asked them, uh, what do you see? And then you tell them what you see, right. which is totally different, um, which is great. Because you have to let them go first. Yeah, of course. Because if yeah. you tell them first what you see, they aren't going to tell you what. They're going to say, I see the same yeah, thing, exactly. boss. Gonna... <laughs> That's good. So uh, we were talking earlier about when a business gets to the point um, where you're a sole proprietor mm -hmm. and you really need to start finding some leaders. And so maybe you have a couple employees and maybe some of them are, are potential leaders, all right? Um, maybe you got to look outside of your organization, but tell me how in the past you've identified leaders or how would you tell a new business owner to, to find the leaders, to bring in some leaders to help organization, which I think it, one thing that, that I wanted to point out, which you mentioned this earlier, but most of your leaders are, are not paid. Correct. Which makes it even, which Correct. makes it even harder. Um, but what would you say? How do you, how do you kind of raise up leaders? How do you identify them? I guess is what I'm asking. Yeah. So if, so I'll look at it like this just to yeah. give clear context. So we have, we have 36, 30, some, somewhere between 35 and 40 um, yeah. FTEs, right? right. full-time equivalents. We yeah, have, those are people that get paid. People that get paid. We have hundreds, <laughs> yeah. hundreds yeah. of volunteer leaders that give somewhere between 10 or 10 plus hours a week, mm -hmm. right, to serve. And so when I'm thinking about somebody being in leadership, the first thing that I listen to, and this is what I encourage everybody to do, uh, is you have to hear what are they passionate about when you have conversations with them. Yeah. So do they care about... Do they talk about their kids? Do they talk about their spouse? Do they talk about sports? Do they talk about the industry that, that you're in? Do they talk about how to grow? Do they talk about making money? Do they just talk about nonsense? Like, what is it they talk about when they talk to you? Because that's always going to reveal what they care about. Yeah. And so sometimes people's charisma, I'm like, oh, man, that guy's going to be a great leader. She's yeah. a great leader. Have you, have you? But then when you talk to them, they're not running where we're running. Like they yeah. don't have that focus. So the first thing I want to do is I want to talk to people and I want to find out what, what do they talk about when it's a wide open agenda for them? And does that line up with my mission as a leader? Mm. Gosh, Can so we good. tie that? The second thing I want to do is I want to have somebody I trust go talk to this person. Yeah. So, and this is once I've, once I've identified somebody by that, yeah. I go, even sometimes it could be a guy like you. We talked about somebody the other day. I'm like, hey, I'm just curious what you think about this yeah. person. Because I want somebody I trust to see what they see in them. Yeah. Because a lot of times as leaders, we're blinded by the mm. need. That's and true. that is so dangerous. And we're like, oh, I've seen this guy and he can, you know, he can yeah. do this. And so I'm like, oh, he's great. I, I hire him. I hire her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a complete train wreck. But somebody else that didn't have this, you know, the need in their heart would have been like, oh, yeah, that's a... That's a bad call. Which, by the way, my wife has told me a couple <laughs> hires I've made. She's like, yeah, I never thought that was a good idea. And I'm like, gosh. So I think the number one way, if you're married, yeah. is to listen to what your spouse says about, about, potential, about potential hires. So, so listening to them, bringing somebody else in. And so then if they pass those two tests, then yeah. I think the next step is get them close to you. Yeah. And find out. Um, and this is how high do you want to be up? Do you like to be with them? Yeah. So if you don't like to hang out with them, they're not going to represent you well 
and I'm so I'm talking high level high level leader, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, it if, doesn't mean everybody in your organization correct, you're be friends with, right? Correct. But when yeah. you're talking, bring them up to the executive team, yeah. bring them up to that level. If you don't like to be around them, you don't want them there because if they rub you the wrong way, they're going to rub potential customers mm-hmm. the wrong way, and you want them to represent you well in everything you do. I've never so, even thought of that. That's, that's great. That's really great. One thing I really like that you said: Are they all in for your organization? Yes. And so I don't know if you said it exactly. I like said that, mission, but that's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. No, it's, it's right though. It's right. And <laughs> uh, in, in your field, it's the mission, right? The ministry, yeah. but in an organization or a business, I always tell people when you're hiring people, whether they're leaders or anybody else, like they have to be on your team. Meaning. They are all in for your vision. And so the way you said you do that is you just like to talk to them, like to hear what they're saying and listen to what they're saying. Right. And, and one thing that I've noticed over the years is it's not always what they're saying, too. It's what they're not saying mm-hmm. and being able to tune in as you're talking to them and things they leave out of the conversation. Really tuning into that can really let you in whether, hey, are they going to be all in? Are they going to be loyal to the mission right. um, of the organization, in your case, the church? If we if we think about it like this, and, and you know I've had this conversation. I yeah. mean, you lead a, you lead a large organization, a, a for profit right yeah. business. They're still like you want to bring people into mission. Like, listen, I'm giving you an opportunity to make your life better. Yeah, I want you to come in. You're going to be able to provide for your family. You're going to be able to do some of the dreams in your heart. I want to bring you into this to yeah. to experience significance in your life. It doesn't have to be like you know. For me, it feels easier sometimes. I'm like. This is this is ministry, uh, yeah. but in any organization, we bring them into that and we paint that picture for them. Here's a here's an important thing I think if you want your organization to be strong with your team. Yeah, I don't know if this is how you operate, so you can disagree. Obviously, your <laughs> podcast you can do whatever you want. I mean, I'm probably gonna agree, but, but you know, but we'll see. <laughs> so so we recently <clears throat> merged, like we we recently merged and brought a, a church in St. Louis in to become one church, a live church, and right. so. Some of the some of the paid staff there, uh, some conversations I, I begin to have with them because I've already been having it with team in Virginia was, yeah. if you work for me, you can't have a side hustle, mm. because if somebody works for you, and then they also have their own business on the side, they're not going to give you their best. Yeah. And a lot of times we're like, that's okay, just do that as long as you get your work done. But the problem is they're not going to give 100%. And so I think we just have to decide as leaders what's our level of expectation mm. for somebody we're paying. If we yeah. if we expect halfway, then that's great. But if we want all in, like we just said, yeah. then they can't also have a side gig. I, I do agree with that, by the way, because you weren't sure if I was that's great. I, You know, I didn't want to mess up anything of like what you say to your team. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I say. I, in, in our world, I think the focus... When you're working, right, and your job is is what you do every day, you come and you get paid for that job. Right. Like, I truly believe 100% with what you said, that that has got to be your main focus during work hours. You know, after work, right, is a little bit different as long as it doesn't conflict with what we're doing, right. you know, in our main job. And, and obviously, you want it to be uh, ethical and, and, and legal, right? These are important things. <laughs> Because you said side hustles. That could, go, that could go a lot of ways. I think that's uh, just like the terminology the kids are saying these days. So I don't know. I agree. You know, you're very in touch with the kids, which is, which is very, very good. Um, so, no, I think that's a good point. And identifying leaders, um, you know, you want them to be loyal. You want them to be all in for the mission. And, and I think as a new business owner, as you're growing your business, and, and you probably aren't new if you're at this point where you're looking at leaders, um, they have to understand your business, obviously. But... To me, and I don't know if you agree with this, 
to me, the actual knowledge of the business is very low on the importance level of finding a great leader. Yeah. And so number one for me has always been, are they all in for the mission, right? Yeah. And then everything else kind of takes care of itself because you can train them, you can mold them right. into the leaders um, that they're going to be. I actually think it's way better to hire, if that's correct English, um, I actually think it's better to hire somebody that yeah. doesn't have baggage, which mm-hmm. is really, at the end of the day, what it is. Yeah. And so when you bring somebody in yeah. that doesn't have to work through, well, this is what my old boss did in this area. Yeah. Or when I owned my own company in this area, this is how I did things. Yeah. And instead they can come in and they can actually look, look fresh because they're doing this activity, if you will, for the first time and give ideas but not have the baggage of the past. I think that's true. And I mean, it's been true in businesses I've been a part of as yeah. well as as the church. Is It's like, no, if, if you don't have that, you're actually going to be better off. And we would say it like this, you can go further faster yeah. if you don't have to deal with that stuff from the past. Yeah. And, and as you were saying, I was thinking of something you said earlier about um, when we have a hole, we have a position to fill, when you know you need somebody. Oh, gosh, how often do I see in all businesses, and I've done this myself, is like we really do get blinded by oh, that so need blinded. and we'll throw anybody in that position. And I've seen it with, with um, contractors. Right, they need a foreman because they're running multiple jobs now. Yes, and they're like, "Hey, you've been working for me for a couple of years, and you can you can hammer a nail, right? Why don't you go start leading that crew over there, right?" Yes. And things blow up very quickly when that happens. And and so I just wanted to reiterate that: don't get blinded by the by the position or the need that you need or the need that you need. That's not a horrible. That's the need like of it. the of the job. <laughs> so here's something I say to yeah. say to uh, my executive team: um, trust the void. Now, yeah. that's in context, right? But yeah. I always tell them, like, I'm not, they're like, what are we going to, you know, for us? I'm like, if we don't have somebody to sing, let's say, we're like, what would happen if, like, all of our worship team quit and our worship directors You'd be and singing. all this? That would be that's, great. I'm like, you, you know, know what? Get you we'll out there. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, but I would. That's what you do when you're the I mean, what, what you're, you're like, I just you want to know what it. instrument you would play or would you sing? Would you, I would probably drummer? play all of them. Drums? At the same time. Guitar? All of them? Okay. Yeah, one man band. We yeah. got this. I think you should do that. But that's a really good point, though. It's like sometimes, not about you playing music, but you do have to be okay with not having that right. in order to find the right person. Right. And so um, how many times did you realize you didn't need that that role? So that's been a regular practice of mine. <laughs> and and I'll just use this. So I learned this at a young age. I mean, age. worship's important for church. We're not talking about that. No, yeah. in business. So I learned this at a young age. So <laughs> so. I grew up in the accounting world. My parents owned, owned their own accounting practices yeah. my whole life, right? And so I remember my dad's company, a small company. I think he had seven, eight employees, something like that. But I remember, gosh, I'm going to go uh, maybe 20 years ago or so. So I was, I was in my early 20s. And he had like this, almost like a company split. Like yeah. something happened, half of his employees quit. And I'm like, are you going to replace? I'm like, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, I found out actually we can do all of the work those four employees were doing. This other person's doing it all in three hours. Yeah. And one of the things that happens as a leader, especially as we yeah. grow, is we actually just kind of make things sort of cumbersome and busy. Yeah, that's true. And so a lot of times we have to think through, you know what? We've been doing this for two years. We probably could gain efficiency right here. Mm. And so that's part of when you end up with transitions of employees and team yeah. and leaders. Sometimes it's, it's actually just a really healthy thing so that your organization can be stronger. Yeah. Spiritually, we would say it's pruning, where yeah. we're like, we're getting rid of, you know, employees that aren't helping build the mission, making the tree stronger. Right. But just in general with technology, right, we're always getting better and more efficient. So yeah. if we're not doing more, then it's a, then we're probably going to be better off at times with, with 
some shrinkage yeah. in the in the team size. Yeah, totally agree. And so I, I want to kind of bring us back to where we were. All good points. I don't know where that was, but I'm looking forward I'm to gonna, the ride I'm back. Let, I'm gonna okay. let you know. <laughs> so uh, we we're talking about identifying leaders, and yeah. so I wanted to touch on um, after we identify the leaders, like what are some practical ways that you've seen work to to start training, I guess, or raising up leaders to kind of fulfill their uh, potential. Yeah. So number one, and this feels way too easy, but I mean, there's a few books that I always want them to yeah, start yeah, reading yeah. and investing in. Tell, tell me about it's, it. It's common to say this, right? That, that leaders are readers, but yeah. it's unfortunately cond condom, not condom. <laughs> it's common that people just yeah. don't read. And so there's, you know, there's different books that I'll, that I'll throw in at, yeah. at different times. Um, I don't know if we're talking books. Yeah, if you if today, you, there's if you a book don't. called H3 Leadership. That's yeah. a great leadership book. I'm taking notes right now. Um, H3 Leadership. Yeah, you know, there's, there's. I think you told me to read that, and I didn't. You're but, supposed you know, to read ahead. it to be a leader in our church. Oh yeah, so I read it then. I, we'll I evaluate it. whether or not you can continue <laughs> to be in that role later. But um, actually, I did, I did actually kidding. read it. Now that I remember, but you know, I don't yeah. want to be fired from the positive <laughs> team. <laughs> um, but yeah. you know, we'll read Maxwell stuff, and also I'll just take him into how are you. How are you, John Maxwell stuff, how yeah, are you yeah. reading in different disciplines? Mm -hmm. So this is, I think that, and this is something I've learned over the last several years, getting, reading across sort of fields and expertise. So I'm reading some in psychology. Yeah. I'm, you know, right now, as I'm sitting here with you today, I'm reading, I'm reading a spiritual leadership book written by a Jewish rabbi that I'm okay. starting. I'm reading a, an autobiography from one of the greatest authors and church leaders. I'm reading a book on finances. I'm reading a book on habit formation. Yeah. Um, I'm reading a book on parenting and what to do when you're, you know, I have five kids, you know, so how do you, how do you do this? So when I'm raising up leaders, I'm going, what does your, what does your reading look like? Yeah. And so then I'm helping guide him into some leadership. Uh, the second thing that I'm doing is making sure that they're pouring into people. This is huge for me if I'm going to train a leader, because I think we grow and learn the most when we're having to pour into somebody else. I mean, that's what leaders are, right? Totally. Yeah. And so here's what people will say. They I should be. I don't know how to do that. And I'm like, I know you're going to need to go teach this person how to do it. Because yeah. I know you're going to learn how to do it if you have to teach them how to do it. But otherwise, you're just going to try to figure it out yourself and not learn it. Yeah. So I think those are the two easiest practical things that I could yeah. say that is totally cross, you know, cross organization, cross um, field of study. Whatever. No, I mean, I think it applies to, to business, any, any organization, whether you're leading a nonprofit, uh, you know, you just started a, a construction company or you're growing your business. I mean, getting your people to read. But if you're not reading yourself, come on, obviously, I would start there. Yeah. And I've talked about it on a previous episode. Uh, I was asked how many books a month do I read? And so you just made me feel really bad. I'm sorry. Because my goal is two. What is yours? Like 20? I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, you know, so I don't have, so this is one of the things I worked on this yeah. year. And I think this is great for everybody is I don't have a goal in 2022 for the number of books I'm going to yeah. read. I just have a habit that I'm going to read every single day. Nice. And so what so I know about is habits, I'm, I'm already, I've already read more in the month of January than I have in any month prior that I can remember because I'm reading every single morning. Nice. And so I think it takes the pressure then of like, I need to get through this many books, yeah, but also you get, you, you develop more. Uh, you develop more as a leader in that way. I also think this, and and you know, I don't know, I don't know if this is specific to church, but like I care. So if, if I'm training you to be a leader in my, yeah. my organization, I care about what voices you're listening to. Mm -hmm. I care about who you're reading. I care about what podcast you're listening to. 
because I mean, we're not going to talk about fake news today. But there's a whole lot of, or maybe we are. But there's a whole, <laughs> I don't think so. But you know. There's there's just so much out there. Yeah. That I'm like, I, I wouldn't think that's actually developing somebody into the leader they should be. Yeah. And so, I'm not okay with as a, as a, as a leader who's developing leaders. I'm not okay with going. Hey, just go out there and find stuff to develop. I'm I'm over here going. No, here's a good track for you. So I think mm. every single leader out there, if you're trying to raise up leaders in your organization, it's important that you know. Hey, these are the books that are good for you to read. Here's some podcasts that are good for you to read. Here's somebody in the industry that's a little bit ahead of where you are that I trust that you could learn from and then to help kind of facilitate that relationship. Otherwise people find them on their own. And I realized as a pastor, so this will be specific to my world, like teenagers are getting discipled terminology, Christian (laughs) terminology, I apologize, on TikTok. (laughs) That's true. So I don't know if leaders are getting developed on TikTok, but if they are, I'm like, well, I want to redirect them back to where I'd want them to be. No, that's really good. And I think I think it starts with ourselves as leaders, right? 100% And so we're, we're talking about raising up leaders, identifying leaders. I, we're assuming in this conversation that you're already a high leader in leading a business. But if you're not, or I, I guess I should go backwards because we're all, we all have work, right? 100%. As leaders, right? Yes. As husbands, yes. Um, you know, as fathers, we all have work to do. And so we're all trying to get there. But I would encourage you, if you're not reading as a leader now, right? Um, pick up a John Maxwell book or this H3 leadership that that Michael brought up. But there's tons of great books out there. You know, shoot me a message. Um, Obviously, I can get you some great book recommendations on leadership because I think that's great. Um, But start with yourself because once you are are in that, it's much easier to pour into your leaders and then they pour into the leaders below them and it just starts to explode from there. Agree. So... Um, just kind of zooming out, if you can go back up to 30,000 feet. Okay, let's go. Um, Let's up. When you, when you look at your organization that you lead right now, um, and you look at the leadership style that you've had, how long would you say it took for that to go from 30,000 feet with the vision that that God gave you down to the lowest level? In, In our case, there's tons of leaders at the church. You have tons of leaders, but like, the door openers. And, and if you're a door opener, that's not a negative comment. I, I do that sometimes. That's right. It's good. It's important. <laughs> um, but People decide how does what... that go from 30,000 down to the ground level um, to, to the whole team? We're going to get we're gonna get that. But I think this is true for, o- yeah. for OVM. I think this is true for your company because it's yeah. true for a church. People decide what they think about your company based on their experience at the front door, mm. not based on their experience with you. That's so so you can be the best leader in the world and have all the wisdom and help them with their finances, but if the person at the front door didn't smell good and made them have a bad experience, they don't want to be at your business. Yeah. And I see anyway. So how do you move it? How do you move it? Wait a second. Did our did it, did somebody smell when you walked? No, in? no. It was all great. It was all great. <laughs> but I just think it's it's reality yeah. that I think we don't think about sometimes. We're like, oh, that'll be fine. We'll just get somebody to answer the phone. We'll just get somebody to be at the front door. I'm like, no, that's what people think about you now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's true. Three years is a good framework, number one. Yeah. So if you're starting something or if you're taking over something, mo- most experts would say three years. And that takes time because you are you are literally just going through the whole thing. So there's not, I can't give you in a minute like, hey. No, I know. I just but, want to say, three, yeah, three from, years, what, from your experience and what you experienced, how long did it take for that to, to kind of shape an organization and a culture? Yeah. And I know you took over. So right, um, I took cultures. over. I yeah, took yeah. over a large church in in Chesapeake, Virginia, <clears throat> and it took about three years yeah. for us to shift culture. Yeah. And so we're we're as I sit here today, we're 
four months into doing the same thing also in St. Louis and merging these together. And so that's part of what I know from from expectancy, like, okay, I want it to be changed right now, but it's 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 likely going to take a, a couple of years at least to yeah. really get culture shifted. So be patient and stay back to what we said earlier. Be patient and stay all in on the mission. Yeah, and I think the good news is when you're when it's a new organization, you're not trying to change mindsets yes. and change the way people have been leading, right? You can start from scratch really and just mold the right. people and bring up the leaders that, that are brought in front of you and not just filling the hole, right? But finding the right people that are all in for your mission. Right. That was so That's good. Great. I mean, we could keep going. I'm a little disappointed you didn't like my uh, Harvard of Missouri joke, I wasn't but, yeah. sure what you meant. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about right now. So you know, just I don't have that massive school, you know, like pride in my, in my college. So it's Missouri state, just to be clear. That's it's, Missouri it's state. Yes. Great school. It anyway. is amazing. Um, but anyway, bears. Yeah, we could talk about so many, so many items. Uh, once again, uh, I encourage you to check out the Flip the Script podcast. We'll just go ahead and plug that. Also, go to church. Let's go. Right? Plug into we, we a local church. A local church. Doesn't have to be our church, right? That's right. Um, we got a pretty good pastor if you don't have a church. Um, but, Thanks. you know, again. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> it's good, but thank you for coming on. I, I thought the Glad leadership principles that we hit are very practical for for new businesses, new business owners, anybody leading any kind of organization. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today.